Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Nicole Braddock, the founder and CEO of Theory and Principle, a legal technology product design and development studio. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's my privilege. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So tell us about your background and the genesis of theory and principle. Yeah, sure. So I started my career as an attorney. I was a trial lawyer for about a decade, and I've been in sort of the legal tech and innovation space for, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. Theory and Principle has been around for six years now, and we're a product design and development studio, as you said. And so we work across the industry building custom digital products. And at the time we started, there was an acute need for what we did and nobody was doing it. That's where we began. How does a trial lawyer go from litigating to developing and designing technology products for this industry? This is actually my third company in the space, and it's been a progression of, of, of business decisions that have led me here. I certainly knew nothing about technology when I was practicing law, um, but by the time I was in my second company, I became very interested in technology and then started doing product work and became completely fascinated with this intersection of design and technology and the law. So that's where we are today. What types of products are you currently working on for and for whom? Yeah, so for so our client base is split into three. One big part is our large international law firms. So for the MLA 200, we're typically building client-facing applications. Those can be uh, either like subscription-based services or they could be like client value-add products. A lot of times they're regulatory tracker products or products that facilitate some sort of collaboration between the clients and the law firm. So for example, one of the products we're working on right now is a licensing app where the client, the firm's clients are predominantly in a fi- the consumer finance sector. And this helps both the clients and the lawyers track where there are licenses being applied for, the status of those licenses, the documents that are needed, the response by the regulators, that sort of thing. And then we also do some internal products, especially now a lot of people are thinking differently about how lawyers access information within their firms, what the sort of internal portals and that experience looks like. That's what we do for law firms. For legal tech companies, which is our second biggest area, we work for the sort of full range of legal tech companies. So from pre-seed, post-seed, typically startups all the way through to the largest enterprise legal tech companies that we have. And there we're often doing just UX, UI support. It's on the design side. And so those can look like ongoing, like for several years, we've worked with some legal tech companies as their outsourced design team, either working in partnership with their in-house team or as their sole designers. It's super common for legal tech companies to have dev resources, but not design. And I think they just, they trust us because we, at this point, we've had our hand in probably nearly a hundred legal, legal tech products, certainly more than I think any organization on the planet <laughs> at this point. So we bring a lot of, a lot of knowledge and, and skills to the work that, that we do. And, or sometimes we are building like an MVP or a V1 or a V2 of a product, depending on where the, the tech company's needs are. We'll also do full redesign of like legacy enterprise products, the full gamut of, of design effort. And then the last bucket are working with nonprofits or legal aid organizations, justice-related organizations. And those products are typically free to the public-facing products that allow 
people to triage some legal issue they're having, self-advocate, public government forums, court forums, that kind of thing. So that's the universe of products that we're typically dealing with here. With the increase in the number of super interesting roles within law firms, for example, are you finding that the decision-making process for a new initiative has changed or the timing is altered? We we started around like when like chief NOs became started to become really pro- prolific around among like AMLA 50, AMLA 100. And so that had been our main clients, the chief NOs. And so that all, all the decision making and the buying decisions were going through chief NOs. We're seeing the longer we're around, the more we see different um, decision makers and different buyers. We're working more with COOs. Now we're working with CMOs because of the recognition that a lot of these products really have a strong sort of marketing angle and are important for the brand of the firm. But yeah, I think also in the beginning, a lot of the product concepts were really driven by partners. And now they're really coming more from leadership and from sort of innovation teams as opposed to being led by an individual partner here or there. So I would say those are the big changes I've seen. How has the emergence of generative AI affected your portfolio of projects? Yeah. So I would say since like last late spring, we have uh, worked on a number of Gen AI projects, typically on the design side. And it's and we've done some certainly some dev work around Gen AI products. But it's been really interesting for us, as particularly as people who are are really interested in how humans interact with technology. Are uh, we have found some all totally new design challenges, and 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 that's that's an exciting thing for us. We've worked with on some products that. Like Lega is one, which is I'm sure, I don't, you've heard of Lega. It's a governance tool for law firms. That's a product that we designed, which is entirely different from a product we designed for Latera, which is helps people query their deal data within the firm, which is entirely different from a LLM product that we are working on in the criminal space that helps extract data from court docket entries and tells people about information regarding when they, they have upcoming hearings so they don't have default judgment. So we're working across the spectrum, which is really interesting using using new technology. And we're learning a lot as we go about, about how lawyers particularly are able to engage with these systems. And I actually wrote a little post about lessons that we've learned so far in designing AI and legal that we're, we're sending out next week, because I think that a lot of people are, are interested in it. And I think the default feeling had at first been like, let's put it in a chatbot and lawyers will learn how to use prompts. And our, we've cautioned that that might not be the best path. Again, like basic product principles still apply even when we're using newer technology. And still we need to focus on like, how do we get the user to the thing that they want in the application and in the way that's easiest for them. And that's not always just like an open prompt field. Um, so yeah, we have, we have a portfolio of Gen AI products that we're working on now. And I, I certainly don't expect that to change in the future. Do you expect interest in design to change as a result of generative AI? It's interesting because I think a lot of, at first, a lot of firms who were tinkering internally just built chatbot interfaces because that's something that they can do, right? And they, a lot of them will have the backend shops to do the sort of LLM work, to do the sort of data science work. They might have data scientists on staff, but most firms do not have, and, and most legal tech companies, like I said, do not have the front end and the design chops to really think through how somebody's going to engage with that data, engage with that that the, the sort of uh, the, the thing that you're creating. 
And so I think they started out by creating chatbots because that's super easy, right? You don't even really need to think about it from a design perspective. You just throw it up there. But now we're starting to see those firms come to us and say, okay, we need to now step back a little bit and think about how people are going to engage with this. And so I think that a lot of piloting, a lot of sort of playing around with the tech was happening last year. And I think this is the year where it's going to be like, okay, now let's really think about this as a product. Let's think about this as something that people are going to have to use. So I expect the focus to actually shift a lot more to the design as opposed to just focusing on the tech. How are you seeing legal tech evolving? There's certainly a lot of new faces, which is exciting for those of us who have been around for a long time. For a long time, we had the same faces. So that's exciting to see a lot of new ideas, a lot of new energy. We did, the thing that we care a lot about here is how do people approach the development of software? And I think back to an engagement we did a few years ago with um, Agileoft, large CLM, contract lifecycle management provider. They were at the time had been around for like 25 years, had gajillion users and had never had a single designer look at the product. It had all been engineering, built by engineers, developed by engineers. And that's how technology was historically built, right? And then so when a new client comes along and says, great, we love this product, but we wish it had X, the engineers would just add X. And there wasn't really like a lot of strategic thinking. That was just generally how products were built historically. I think that what has happened over the last five-ish years is that users have gotten more picky because they've gotten used to better tech. The market has gotten a lot tighter because we have a lot more competition. And now one of the big differentiating factors is how easy your product is to use, how well designed it is, how clean it is. So all of a sudden, like your functionality is no longer the thing that's going to win the day. So we did a little like informal study in the fall where I asked a bunch of friends who own SaaS companies about, are, do you see your company as an engineering-led company or a product-led company? Um, all of the companies that had been started in the last several years identified themselves as product-led, meaning like they focused on like the, the vision of the product and how do we make this product work for our users and combine that with the business needs and, and really focus on, on product first. Uh, which means they, they will typically focus on design and, and how easy the product is to engage with too. And then all the companies that had been started in the 90s started as engineering-led, had indicated that they started as engineering-led, but either have or are in the process of converting to a product-led organization. So the Agileoft thing I mentioned, since we did that engagement with them a few years ago, that was maybe three years ago, they now have a head of product. They now have a product and design team of 12 people. And that was like over the course of the last like couple of years. So I think there's a fundamental shift in people acknowledging that you need to be better. Your products need to be better if you're gonna if you're gonna compete in in a market right now that is far more competitive than it was a decade ago. And what and the answer is like in the end, it's great for the users, right? Like the users are the ones who win. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Nicole Braddock, the founder and CEO of Theory and Principle, a legal technology product design and development studio. Nicole, thanks so very much. Thanks so much for having me, Ari. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.